Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to It Could Happen Here. I'm your host today, it's Shireen, Um, and I'm going to be flying solo for the next few episodes. We're going to be talking about Syria. Spoiler alert, I am Syrian. And I think there's a lot of history and news about Syria that really goes under the radar and not a lot of people know about. So I thought it would be important to shed some light about how Syria became ruled by a dictatorship family. Um, The Assad family have destroyed Syria. Imagine a country being run by the mafia. They're very powerful, very secretive, very, very rich. There are no numbers that can illustrate the scale of Syria's loss and destruction, literally, because the United Nations hasn't been able to calculate the death toll for years. So, as I mentioned, these episodes are going to be about Syria. The first two will be about how Hafez al-Assad rose to power, which has since led the Assad family to have control over Syria for more than half a century. And then the one following that will be about his son Bashar, who is the current dictator of Syria, And that one will have more topical information, maybe more like economic stuff versus historical information, which we're going to start with. But I think understanding the history of the Syrian government provides vital context to understanding the present. And there is a lot to cover here and a lot that I won't be able to get to, but hopefully we can chip away at it. And this is a good semi-coherent summary of how Hafez climbed his way to the very top of Syrian authority. So the Assads, in Arabic it's al-Assad, so I apologize if I go back and forth between those two, but they're from uh, Qardaha originally, a village in northwest Syria in the Syrial coastal mountains. 
The family name, Asad, goes back to 1927 when Ali Suleiman, who was Hafiz al-Asad's father, changed his last name to al-Asad, which is Arabic for the lion. People say this is possibly in connection to his social standing as a local mediator and his political activities. All members of the extended Assad family stem from Ali Suleiman and his second wife, Naysa. The Assads are Shia Muslims, more specifically of the Alawite sect. Alawites are a religious minority, and they initially opposed a united Syrian state because they thought their status as a religious minority would endanger them. And Hafiz's father, he shared this belief. After the French left Syria in 1946, many Syrians mistrusted the Alawites because of their alignment with France. Hafiz eventually left his Alawite village, beginning his education at age 9 in Latakia, which had a Sunni majority. He became the first of his family to attend high school, and while he was in education, he lived in a poor, predominantly Alawite part of Latakia. To fit in, he approached political parties that welcomed Alawites. These parties, which also embraced secularism, were the Syrian Communist Party, the Syrian Social Nationalist Party, the SSNP, and the Arab Ba'ath Party. Ba'ath is Ba'ath in Arabic, but we know it as Ba'ath. It's spelled B-A-apostrophe-A-T-H in English. And he joined this political party in 1946. Some of his friends belonged to the SSNP, and... The Ba'ath Party embraced a pan-Arabist socialist ideology, and he proved to be an asset to the party. He organized Ba'ath student cells, and he carried out the party's message to poor sections of Latakia and to Alawite villages. He was opposed by the Muslim Brotherhood, which at the time allied itself with wealthy and conservative Muslim families. Assad's high school accommodated students from rich and poor families, and he was joined by poor anti-establishment Sunni Muslim youth from the Ba'ath Party in confrontations with students from wealthy Brotherhood families. He made many Sunni friends, and some of whom later became his political allies. While he was still a teenager, Assad became increasingly prominent in the party as an organizer and a recruiter, and he was the head of his school's Student Affairs Committee from 1949 to 1951, and he was also the president of the Union of Syrian Students. During his political activism in school, he met many men who would later serve him when he became president. In reading about this, I mean, I'll be honest, and I learned a lot even uh, preparing for these episodes. It's so interesting because you read about this man, and on the surface, he seems not too bad when he started out. Like, his ideas aren't terrible. I I think power eventually corrupts everybody, and I I just have so many questions and thoughts about how someone becomes evil. I mean, that's such a blanket, like, maybe like make-believe way to describe someone. But the things that the Assad family eventually does is horrific. And it's interesting to see where this man started as a child, as a teenager. On one hand, it humanizes him. On the other hand, it just shows how much he had changed. Um, And maybe he was always this way. And it's just on paper, doesn't seem so bad. I don't know. Sorry. Tangent. Let's continue. So after he graduated from high school, Assad aspired to be a medical doctor, but his father could not pay for his studies. So instead, in 1950, he decided to join the Syrian Armed Forces. He entered the military academy in Homs and the flying school in Aleppo. And then he graduated in 1955, after which he was commissioned a lieutenant of the Syrian Air Force. 
He married Anissa Makhlouf in 1957, who is a distant relative of the powerful Makhlouf family. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty System for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play in 1955 the syrian military split in a revolt against then president adib el-shishakli which led hashim el-othasi to take power as president he had been president before and syria was again under civilian rule so after 1955 el-atasi who in english um, both him and el-shishakli they remove the L in front of their names, so you'll see just Atasi or Shishakli. So when I say those, that's what I mean. It's just, it's hard to break when, when you, this is like the language in your head sometimes. But I gotta stop with these tangents. See, this is my first solo episode and um, this is what you get. But 
After 1955, El-Otasi's hold on the country was increasingly shaky. As a result of the 55 election, El-Otasi was replaced by Shukri El-Kuwatli, who was president before Syria's independence from France. The Ba'ath Party grew closer to the Communist Party at this time, but not because of shared ideology, but rather a shared opposition to the West. At the military academy, Assad met Mustafa Tlas, which will be his future minister of defense. Assad was then sent to Egypt for a further six months of training, and when Jamal Abdel Nasser, uh, president of Egypt, nationalized the Suez Canal in '56, Syria feared retaliation from the United Kingdom, and Assad flew in an air defense mission. He was among the Syrian pilots who flew to Cairo to show Syria's commitment to Egypt. In 57, as squadron commander, he was sent to the Soviet Union for training in flying MIG-17s, uh, which I looked up, and it's a high subsonic fighter aircraft that was produced by the Soviet Union from 52 onward and operated by Air Forces internationally. The more you know. But essentially, he went to the Soviet Union to train in flying these things for 10 months. Let's go back to 58. Nope, we're not going back. We're going forward. In 1958, Syria and Egypt formed the United Arab Republic, separating themselves from Iraq, Iran, and Pakistan and Turkey. In 1958, Syria and Egypt formed the United Arab Republic, UAR, separating themselves from Iraq, Iran, Pakistan, and Turkey. And these countries were aligned with the United Kingdom. This pact led to the rejection of communist influence in favor of Egyptian control over Syria. All Syrian political parties, including the Ba'ath Party, were dissolved, and senior officers, especially those who had supported the communists, were dismissed from the Syrian armed forces. Assad, however, remained in the army and quickly rose through the ranks. After reaching the rank of captain, he was transferred to Egypt, continuing his military education with the future president of Egypt, Hosni Mubarak. However, Assad was not content with a professional military career. He viewed it merely as a gateway to a career in politics, aka power. After the creation of the UAR, the Ba'ath Party experienced a crisis, for which several of its members, mostly young members, blamed the party leader, who at the time was Michel Aflaq. He was a Syrian philosopher and sociologist and an Arab nationalist, and his ideas played a significant role in the development of Ba'athism, and its political movement. He's considered by several Ba'athists to be the principal founder of Ba'athist thought. So he had some opposition, however, because after the creation of the UAR, there was some unrest. To resurrect the Syrian national branch of the party, Assad joined others in establishing the military committee. In 57 and 58, Assad rose to a dominant position in the military committee, which mitigated his transfer to Egypt. After Syria left the UAR in September of 61, Assad and other Ba'athist officers were removed from the military by the new government in Damascus, and he was given a minor clerical position at the Ministry of Transport. Assad played a minor role in the failed 1962 military coup, for which he was jailed in Lebanon and then later repatriated. That year, Michel Aflaq, the Ba'ath Party leader, convened the 5th National Congress of the Ba'ath Party, where he was re-elected as the Secretary General of the National Command, and then he ordered the re-establishment of the party's Syrian regional branch. There, there's a lot of congresses, there's a lot of branches, there's a lot of committees. 
Uh, it gets really confusing. Just these men shutting down and then reigniting these things. So bear with me here. At this Congress, the military committee established contacts with Aflaq and the civilian leadership. The committee requested permission to seize power by force, and Aflaq agreed to this conspiracy. After the success of the Iraqi coup led by the Ba'ath Party's Iraqi regional branch, the military committee hastily convened to launch their own Ba'athist military coup. In March of 1963, against President Nazim el-Qudsi, which Assad helped plan. He helped plan this coup. During this coup, he led a small group to capture the Dumayed Air Base, about 25 miles north of Damascus. Assad's group was the only one that encountered resistance. Some planes at the base were ordered to bomb the conspirators, and because of this, Assad hurried to reach the base before dawn. Because the 70th Armored Brigade's surrender took longer than anticipated, however, Assad arrived there in broad daylight. When Assad threatened the base commander with shelling, the commander negotiated a surrender. Later, Assad claimed that the base could have easily withstood his forces. So, his bluff worked. And this garnered him a lot of respect. Not long after Assad's election to the regional command, the military committee ordered him to strengthen the committee's position in the military establishment. In doing so, Assad may have received the most important job of all, because his primary goal was to end factionalism in the Syrian military and make it a Ba'ath monopoly. He said he had to create an ideological army. To help with this task, he recruited Zeki el-Arsuzi, who was the person who actually indirectly inspired him to join the Ba'ath party in the first place when he was young. Arsuzi accompanied Assad on tours of military camps where Arsuzi lectured the soldiers on Ba'athist thought. In gratitude for his work, Assad gave Arsuzi a government pension. And Assad continued his bathification of the military by appointing loyal officers to key positions and ensuring that the political education of the troops was not neglected. He demonstrated his skill as a logistical leader during this period, and he was said to have a highly intelligent mastery of detail, which garnered him a lot of respect. And I want to make this clear. I talked to my mom a bit about this and doing this research, and Hafez al-Assad was very smart. He was known as a very smart man. He knew what he was doing at every turn, despite what it seems like. It's like he, this fell into his lap, or like uh, later you'll see that the president he, he overthrew had no idea. He didn't see him as a threat. But, I mean, before and after he took power, he was known to be very cunning. And so, yeah, I just think that's an important little um, thing to take note of. Uh, even in school, they were saying that he was an excellent student. So he has a plan, I think, uh, for most of this. But let's take a little break, and we'll be right back to finish this up. Well, this part, I mean. Okay, whatever. I'm sorry. Bye. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. 
Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We're back. Wow. Okay, so after he had been bathifying the military. He was promoted to major and then to lieutenant colonel. And by the end of 1964, he was in charge of the Syrian Air Force as the Air Force commander. Assad gave privileges to Air Force officers, and he appointed his confidants to senior and sensitive positions, and he established an efficient intelligence network. Air Force intelligence, under the command of Muhammad al-Khuli became independent of Syria's other intelligence organizations and received assignments beyond Air Force jurisdiction. Assad prepared himself for an active role in the power struggles that were soon to come. As I said, he's cunning, he knows what he's doing. In the aftermath of the 1963 coup at the First Regional Congress, Assad was elected to the Syrian Regional Command, the highest decision-making body in the Syrian regional branch. It's so confusing. I can't keep track. And while this was not a leadership role, it was Assad's first appearance in national politics, which is a significant thing to point out because, as you'll see, it only grows. During the 1964 Hama riot, Assad voted to suppress the uprising violently if needed. This decision to suppress the Hama riot led to conflict within the military committee, which I'm going to skip over because it's a more clusterfucky than ever. But ultimately, in 65, the 8th National Congress, during this, Assad was elected to the National Command, the party's highest decision-making body. I know I just said that about something else, but that was about the Syrian regional branch. There are a lot of parties and commands and branches and committees, as I said. Just know that it's a group of men probably that just make decisions. But he was elected to this highest-making body, this, this party of people. And it's said 
that Assad abhorred Aflaq, the party leader of the Ba'athist party. Assad considered Aflaq a autocrat and a rightist, accusing him of ditching the party by ordering the dissolution of the Syrian regional branch in 58. In response to the eminent coup that was about to happen, that Assad knew was going to happen, he left for London. In the 1966 Syrian coup, the military committee overthrew the national command. The coup led to a permanent split in the Ba'ath movement, and the advent of neo-Ba'athism, as well as the establishment of two centers of the international Ba'athist movement, one Iraqi and the other Syrian-dominated. After the coup, Assad was appointed Minister of Defense. This was his first cabinet post, but despite his title, he actually had little power in the government and took more orders than he gave. Salah Jadid, who helped Assad establish the military committee years prior, was the undisputed leader at the time, and he opted to remain in the office of Assistant Regional Secretary of the Syrian Regional Command instead of taking executive office, which had historically been held by Sunnis. Jadid, trying to establish his authority, focused on civilian issues and gave Assad de facto control of the Syrian military, considering him no threat at all. During the failed coup of late 1966, Salim Hatoum tried to overthrow Jadid's government. Hatoum was a military officer, and he felt snubbed when he was not appointed to the regional command after the 66 coup, and he sought revenge and the return to power of Hamoud al-Shufi, who was the first regional secretary of the regional command after the Syrian regional branch's re-establishment in 63. Oh my god, so many branches and everything, I'm just, can you just decide on one group? Anyway, when Jadid, Atasi, and the regional command member Jamil Shaya visited the city of Suwaida, the forces loyal to Hatoum surrounded the city and they captured them. The city's Druze leaders forbade the murder of their guests and demanded that Hatoum wait, so Jadid and the others were placed under house arrest, with Hatoum planning to kill them at his first opportunity, because he wanted revenge. When word of the mutiny spread to the Ministry of Defense, aka Assad, Assad ordered the 70th Armored Brigade to the city of Suwaida. By this time, Hatoum, who was a Druze, knew that Assad would order the bombardment of Suwaida, which was a Druze-dominated city, if Hatoum did not accept Assad's demands. So this led to Hatoum and his supporters to flee to Jordan, eventually, where they were given asylum. But due to his prompt action and his protection of Jadid, and the other members that were captured, Assad earned Jadid's gratitude after this incident. So I know I just casually mentioned this word a minute ago, and so just so the people that aren't aware of what it means know, again, a lot more to delve into than what I'm just going to say right now, but Druze are members of an Arabic-speaking ethno-religious group originated in Western Asia. They're largely in Lebanon and Syria now, and they originally developed out of Shia Islam. Even though most Druze members, or most Druze rather, do not identify as Muslim. They practice their own religion uh, that is called Druzism. I've been trying to say that word for a long time. Daniel cut out me saying it a bunch of times. Um, I apologize that I probably mispronounced it, but the point is they practice their own sect of religion that originated from the Shia Islamic sect way back when, but at this point, they're their own religious group. 
So moving on. I just wanted to shed light on that word in case people didn't know. Back to Syria. So after this incident took place and after Assad basically came to the rescue, Jadid had a lot of gratitude for him. And continuing in the aftermath of the 66 coup attempt, Assad and Jadid purged the party's military organization. Assad removed an estimated of 400 officers, and this was Syria's largest military purge to date. But the purges, which began when the Ba'ath party took power in 63, had left the military weak. And as a result, when the Six-Day War broke out, Syria had no chance of victory. I feel like this is maybe a good place to say goodbye for the day. I thought it would be more digestible if these episodes were shorter instead of being an epic tale that could run over an hour. But yeah, let's say goodbye. This is Shireen. This is It Could Happen Here. Uh, Hear you tomorrow. Talk to you tomorrow. Why do I have this job? Okay, goodbye. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.